You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Stronger Minds podcast where I, Kimberly Wilson, Chartered Psychologist, bring you the latest information and research on how to build healthy brains and strong minds. This is an episode that I've wanted to bring to you for a very long time. It's a psychology bite and I think this is a really important one. We need to talk about anger. I did a poll on my Instagram a little while ago to gauge people's attitudes to anger and over 80% of respondents said that for them personally, anger was a negative emotion. And then because I wanted a little bit more detail, I asked people to tell me what they did to try to manage their angry feelings. And here's what you guys told me. The biggest single response was deep breathing. So there are a lot of you out there taking a lot of deep breaths to try to shift out of feelings of anger. After that, a significant group were venting in some way. Some people said that they would have a bit of a scream, some people would swear, others would rant with a friend. But by far the largest set of responses were activities that in some way actively distracted you from or suppressed the emotion. Which I guess makes sense, obviously, in the context of the general belief that anger is a negative emotion. You would want to try to get rid of it. These behaviours included lots of quite worrying and dysfunctional activities. Um, So we had some that were food related, such as uh, eating or controlling food or purging. Then there was uh, a lot of cleaning. So there are a lot of angry people out there with very tidy houses. Um, But then we had things like alcohol, exercise, including excessive exercise, or leaving or escaping in some way. And in fact, two people literally said that they tried to suppress the feeling or shut it down. Notably, out of all the respondents, only three people approached the emotion with curiosity, either by choosing to sit and think about it or by journaling. Now, what this admittedly very quick and dirty poll suggests, and what I certainly see in clinic, is that people really, really struggle with anger. First, it's considered a bad or negative emotion. And secondly, it feels uncomfortable, so people try to escape it as quickly as possible if it does start to emerge. In clinic, people often tell me that anger means being out of control. And sometimes they've had negative experiences with angry people, very much in inverted commas, which has tainted both the emotion and their own ability to express it. Some people will say that anger is too strong a word, 
You know, it's as if anger is too powerful an emotion for maybe a, a civilized person to feel. And so they're much more comfortable conceptualizing or describing it as a completely different emotional experience. But over the rest of this episode, I'd like to help you to see that anger is deeply misunderstood and to help you understand why these responses that I've described are so bad for your mental health and hopefully to convince you that anger is really one of the good guys. Although, of course, I don't actually believe that any emotion is bad, but I will get to that later. If anger were a sports team, I would be its biggest fan. I would have the season ticket. I would have the home and the away kits. I would have the sticker album. I would go to all the games. I would subscribe to the newsletter. I've downloaded the app. You get the point. I am here for anger. And I'm sure that sounds a bit strange, but again, anger suffers from a huge amount of misunderstanding and bad PR. So let's start the discussion by sorting fact from fiction. Our first fact is that anger or aggression is natural and necessary. Neuroscientists from as far back as the 1940s have isolated an area of the an area of the mammalian brain called the ventral medial hypothalamus or the VMH, which seems to be the seat of aggression. And how do we know that? Because when this area is stimulated with an electrode, it elicits attack behavior. So you can have two mice chilling in a box together, you know, just watching TV, eating snacks, and they get on fine. They've gotten to know each other. There's no hostility. There's no animosity. But then you stimulate the VMH and the previously friendly mouse will attack its mouse friend. More recently, Dr. Dayin Liu, Associate Professor in the Department of Psychiatry at NYU and her research team have demonstrated again in mice, because poking human brains with electrodes rarely passes the ethics committee. But they've demonstrated in mice that this area of the brain is also responsible for the generation of lordotic behaviour, which is the arching of the back that indicates that the animal is sexually receptive. Now, I should clarify that I'm not saying that simply because an attribute is natural, that it is good, because to do so would be to fall for the appeal to nature fallacy, and we don't do that around here. But what I want you to appreciate is that feelings of anger are as natural as sexual arousal. And that should go some way to dispelling the myth that feeling angry is simply a sign that one is experiencing a lack of of emotional control. Although that said, we also, as a society, have a very conflicted set of feelings about sex and sexuality. But that is a discussion for another time. Back to anger. And let's go a little bit further. There appears to be an interaction between the VMH and the dopaminergic system. Now, dopamine is a neurotransmitter that is associated with motivation, reward, and goal-directed behavior. Dopamine promotes the continuation of a behavior or activity by producing feelings of pleasure. So eating, cuddling, pictures of kittens, all of these behaviors upregulate dopamine secretion. Therefore, there seems to be something rewarding about aggression. So to summarize, aggression is hardwired into our brains and it's rewarding. So why might this be? The rewarding nature of aggression makes sense from an evolutionary perspective. An individual who is able to mount an aggressive response would be more effective at defending him or herself from attack and protecting their own territory. And if you can hold on to your territory, then you can protect your resources, like feeding your family, for example. 
In short, aggression was important for our survival. It forms part of our self-defense strategy. And this is an important point that we'll be coming back to later. Now for some myths. The major myth about anger and the biggest factor in its terrible public image is that anger is the same as violence. So let me be very, very clear. Anger and violence are not the same thing. Anger is an emotion, an internal and personal experience of physiological sensations and the associated thoughts. Violence is a behaviour. Of course, they do often turn up together, but they are completely different. So, for example, on the one hand, it is possible to be violent without being angry. And we refer to this as sadism, when the violent behaviour may actually be accompanied with feelings of pleasure or satisfaction. My personally favourite example of how it is totally possible to be deeply angry without being violent is the incredible Miss Rosa Parks. For anyone unfamiliar, Rosa Parks was a key figure in the American civil rights movement. In 1943, Miss Parks had been sitting in the front row of seats at the back of the bus designated for black passengers in segregated Montgomery, Alabama. During segregation, buses had two sets of doors. The white passengers would enter the doors at the front of the bus and the black passengers had a separate entrance at the back. On this occasion, the bus was full, and when some white passengers boarded the bus, the white bus driver demanded that four black passengers get up out of their seats to give the spaces to the white passengers. Three people complied. Miss Parks refused. She described, I felt a determination cover my body like a quilt on a winter night. She was angry. More than that, she was furious, but she was not violent. Anger and violence are not the same thing. And if you've heard my voice go, I honestly can't talk about her action without being moved. Hers was such an act of courage and dignity at a time when her very humanity was being denied. Okay, so the next myth is that anger means you're out of control. And I think as I've just described, the myth comes from the misunderstanding that anger and violence are the same thing. It is perfectly possible to be angry and fully in control. Another big myth is what I call the myth of intentionality. This is the belief that you can only be angry at someone or something if the action or behaviour was intentional. This is not true, and I'll explain why in a moment. People will also often say that anger is pointless or just destructive. Well, no. First of all, nature has decided that anger or aggression was so necessary that it's hardwired into our brains. And again, properly understood and utilised, not only can anger be very functional, but it can be a force for extraordinary good. So how should we understand anger? Or to put it another way, what is the function or message of anger? And I say message because I very much want to convey to you that your emotions are always trying to tell you something. 
Your emotions are a synergy between your body and your brain that convey very important information about the external and internal circumstances of your life. And this is why I say that I don't consider any emotion to be bad. And it's also why people who struggle to express their emotions often find themselves stuck on how to manage their lives, their relationships, their careers, because they can't access this important source of information and feedback. It's like calling a meeting without setting an agenda. You'll you'll get nowhere fast. So what then is the message of anger? So we've already thought about the first one, the obvious one, which is the link to the evolutionary perspective. Being able to be aggressive or angry allows us to defend ourselves. And you can think about it as the fight part of the fight and flight response. But there is another function of anger that I think is so important that it should be taught on the national curriculum. And that's that anger is your warning signal that you are experiencing unfairness or witnessing injustice. And I believe that this function of anger is absolutely crucial for healthy self-esteem. And I will explain now what I mean. It's obvious, of course, what injustice Rosa Parks was experiencing, but we get angry at much less on a day-to-day basis. So let's say you're driving along and someone cuts in in front of you, or you're standing in a long queue and someone decides that they, they don't want to wait in line like everybody else, and they just insert themselves into the line somewhere near the front. Now, most people would feel angry at this behavior. And why is that? Because it's unfair. It's unfair that you're waiting and this person chooses not to. It's unfair that they're breaking the agreed social rules when other people are keeping them. Now, your response to this anger is a different story. And this is where people trip up with thinking that the problem is the anger rather than the response to it, right? So in the queue example, some people might just tut, some people might say something. In the worst situations, of course, this kind of behaviour can lead to road rage or physical violence. But again, this is the behaviour, not the emotion. And if we can stick to thinking about the emotion, we can see that indeed, there really was some unfairness here. The friend who's always late meeting you, you might love them, but still be angry. Why? Because it's inconsiderate. And what do we mean by that? Well, we mean that it's unfair that they don't seem to value your time. It's unfair that you make the effort to be on time and they don't. A few years ago, I intervened when I saw a grown man manhandling and shouting at a child in the street. Now, he was much bigger than me, um, but at that moment, I kind of didn't notice and didn't care because I was motivated by the anger of the obvious injustice that I was witnessing. So anger signals injustice. This is really important to recognize, but there are some other steps. After recognition, it is essential to evaluate the signal. So you can imagine yourself as a call handler for the emergency services. You can't just send a fire engine out to every call that comes in. You first have to evaluate whether it's a genuine emergency or a prank call. For example, you and a colleague go head to head for a promotion. You don't get it and you feel angry. You recognize that you're angry because it feels unfair that you didn't get the promotion. But was it actually unfair? Is it an injustice or is it just bad luck? 
And this differentiation, this evaluation is absolutely crucial because it will inform the decision that you make. And this works both ways, by which I mean that people can talk themselves into illegitimate anger, but they can also talk themselves out of legitimate anger. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I most often see people do this, talking themselves out of legitimate anger under the guise of empathy. So let's say you started dating someone who is kind of dicking you about, right? They cancel dates at the last minute without giving you a reason. They don't call when they say they will. They just leave you hanging. And maybe maybe they even disappear for days or weeks at a time. And all they say when they arrive and you say, hey, where have you been? Is, oh, don't worry about it. I'm back now. For the sake of absolute clarity, you should be angry about this disrespectful behaviour. It's inconsiderate of your feelings, which in a mutual relationship is unfair. But what I see a lot of people doing is trying to tolerate this kind of treatment by saying something like, yeah, but you know, they had a hard childhood, so I can't really be angry with them. Now listen, I am the first person who will make a case for the role of early life in its impact on adult behaviour. It is literally my job. But relationships are not either or. It's not the case that one person is allowed to have feelings and the other is not. Because in effect, rather than being caring or supportive, what happens here is that the other person never has to take responsibility for their own behaviour or their impact on other people. And you actually find a way to allow someone to mistreat you. And this is not okay. It's not healthy and it's not safe. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that people in abusive relationships are to blame. Coercive and controlling relationships are a different situation. And the victims in these relationships have often been progressively disempowered and isolated. What I'm talking about is when both parties do have power, but one person, despite recognising that they are being treated badly, 
invalidates their own anger because they believe the other person isn't doing it on purpose or they can't help themselves. This situation is the basis of the myth of intentionality. If the person is behaving poorly because of some pain they have experienced in their path, or at least that's what you put it down to, then it would be unfair of you to be angry with them. No, because your anger isn't a measure of other people's experiences. It's a measure of your own. It is a signal of what you are experiencing, unrelated to what someone else has been through. You can have compassion for someone else's experience, whilst at the same time valuing and protecting yourself. It is not either or. And this is why I say that healthy anger is one of the key components of self-esteem. Because if you can muster an anger response in the face of legitimate unfairness, what you're saying to yourself is, I don't deserve this. The flip side of that statement is, I deserve more than this. And can you hear why that's so important? To get to a point where you can say, I deserve more than this, is to have some sense of your own self-worth. Conversely, people with poor self-esteem say to themselves, either consciously or unconsciously, that this bad treatment is what I deserve. I don't deserve better than this. The companion to this entire discussion, and something that I've mentioned many times before, is that suppressing or denying an emotion does not make it go away. It just means that it either festers, driving stress, anxiety, and insomnia, or it comes out in a destructive form, such as a dysfunctional relationship with food, problem drinking, obsessive compulsive behaviors. Suppression doesn't work. The healthiest, most functional, and actually the fastest way to very much in inverted commas, get rid of unpleasant feelings is to process them. That means recognize it, evaluate, understand what it's trying to tell you, and then act accordingly. Okay, so what gets in the way of people acknowledging their anger? Well, I've mentioned many of the main reasons already, but let's go through a list. First up, negative associations of anger based on a misunderstanding of it. Hurtful or frightening experiences of angry people in their past, which can lead people to say, I never want to be like them and shut down their own feelings of anger. Some people are told as children that anger is bad or unacceptable or that they're less likable when they're angry. Similarly, women in the West are socialized to be nice and compliant, maybe obedient. However, anger is the emotion of defiance. So it may, as a consequence, become less and less available if this has been your social experience. Also, the experience of anger comes packaged up with some of the strongest and most uncomfortable physiological sensations of all the emotions. Prickling skin, a pounding heart, clenched jaws, tense muscles. If you have never learned to understand and manage these sensations, the experience of anger may feel overwhelming and you may seek to try to avoid the physical sensations as much as a psychological emotion. Some people believe that anger means that a relationship is bad. Like, you know, if I feel angry at my partner, does that mean we shouldn't be together? 
This is particularly true for people who perhaps have a very idealised view of romance or relationships in general, believing that you must feel positively about the other person at all times for the relationship to be good. So they stifle their anger in a bid to maintain an image of a perfect relationship. And please see my Instagram post on love and hate for some more thoughts on this. Finally, there are a group of people out there who have suppressed their feelings for a very long time, maybe years, sometimes decades. On some level though, they know how angry they are. And these people worry about not being able to control their anger. They worry about what they might do or be capable of if they really connected with the feeling. They are literally frightened of their own anger. So those are some of the main inhibitions for expressing anger. And interestingly, for people who have real trouble getting on board with the goodness of anger, they may describe their feelings of anger in other, more acceptable terms. With my own clients, I will often jokingly refer to these emotions as anger light. Like, what you're telling me is that you feel angry, but you're calling it something else. Like when British people describe a situation as not great, and actually we mean it was bloody awful. So I listen out for these other descriptions to give a clue as to whether what my client is experiencing is in fact unacknowledged or unaccepted anger. And depending on the situation, these anger-light emotions might be aggravation, agitation, annoyance, avoidance, boredom, disgust, disdain, envy, feeling exasperated. Frustration is a big one. People feel very, very comfortable saying they feel frustrated when really actually what they're saying was they felt really angry. Hostility, irritation, similar to frustration, jealousy and resentment. All of these, depending on the situation, depending on the person, can actually be clues to a feeling of anger underlying them. All right, so I've made the case that anger is natural, necessary, and helps us to protect ourselves. But looking back at the responses to my Instagram poll, the next big issue is how to deal with it. Okay, let's go step by step. Now, for all of these steps, I strongly recommend journaling. And that's not just some wellness mumbo jumbo nonsense. Writing is emotional processing. I will say it until I am purple in the face. To write about something, you have to think about it. Writing by hand helps to shift a feeling into a thought. And when you do that, you lower the physiological arousal, you lower the stress hormones, and it helps to functionally reconnect the emotional centers of the brain with the PFC, the prefrontal cortex, or the rational reasoning area of the brain. So if you want to do this properly, you want to be writing it down. Okay, so first up, you may need to reassess your attitude towards anger. Have you made anger the enemy? It may be helpful to take a moment to list out all the thoughts, the words, the images, the associations that come to mind when you think of anger or an angry person. Do you have a negative view of anger? And if so, can you trace it back to where it started? Was it a hurtful person or a parent who was intolerant of your more hostile feelings? Can you separate the emotion itself from that person or those messages? 
Can you give yourself permission to feel angry? Next, can you identify how and where you experience anger in your body? Does your skin tingle or do your hands get hot? Does your chest get tight or do you feel energized or or even anxious? Identifying your personal experience of anger will help you to be alert to the situations in which you experience the emotion. Now that you've recognized your own pattern of anger activation, what is the threat, the unfairness or the injustice that you're responding to? And now evaluate it. Is it truly unfair or is it unlucky? Look at the differences between the two. And if it's unfair, how can you look after or advocate for yourself? Do you need someone else to help you with this? Of course, this is a very broad strategy and someone who has habitually suppressed their feelings may find the thought of connecting with their anger or any other unpleasant feeling to to be too much to bear especially if it's associated with a previous painful experience. And it would be wise in that case to work with a therapist who can help you to do this in a way that feels safe for you. As a side note, I should also say that some people do depend too much on anger in place of other emotions. And this is particularly the case when people are uncomfortable feeling sadness or vulnerability. In these cases, it can feel more powerful to be angry than to feel sad. This is a problem because it again prevents the person from accessing, understanding and dealing with the important messages of those other emotions. But for the people that I have worked with and indeed most of you who responded on Instagram, the bigger issue is allowing legitimate anger. So to summarise, Anger is probably the most misunderstood and disparaged of the emotions. It is seen as a sign of immaturity or a lack of control. People often confuse the emotional experience of anger with the physical act of violence, but they are not the same thing. More than that, anger can be a driving force for tremendous good. Rosa Parks' refusal to give up her seat was an act of defiance born of righteous anger and she helped to change the lives of millions. The mischaracterization of anger means that I sit with clients who have been stifling their legitimate righteous anger for years and sometimes decades. Instead of acknowledging the anger people will present to their GP or their therapist with depression or anxiety or a physical symptom or something else. Please be assured that feeling angry does not make you a bad person it makes you human. And experiencing anger does not necessarily mean that a relationship is bad. Anger and love can coexist. And in fact, they always do. Also, please remember that you can feel empathy for another person and still feel angry for the way that they are treating you. And I might add, it is also perfectly fine to be angry with people who are dead. And again, that's because the anger is not about that other person or intentionality or even their relationship to you. It's about the effect on you. Okay, team, so I hope that has thrown some light on the very tricky emotional experience of anger. I truly hope that I've been able to convince you that anger is neither inherently negative nor a sign of weakness 
but on the contrary, an important and powerful emotion that, if you can understand and listen to it, can support self-esteem, promote healthy, mutually respectful relationships, and be a force for good in the world. If you found this episode of the podcast useful, please do share it. And thank you to all of you who have left a positive rating and a kind review. I really appreciate it. I have a whole bunch of things coming up in the pipeline for you guys. The first of which is to let you know that Thinking Space Book Club is coming back and it will be online this time so that more of you can participate. So keep an eye on Instagram for more information of the first session. That just leaves me to thank you very, very much for listening. And until next time, I wish you the very best of health. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.